This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. If you want to survive the zombie apocalypse, you need to focus on increasing your stamina. Tom Payne. Now keep in mind... This is uh, late February, March of 2020, and I have no idea what's happening in the outside world because I don't have a phone and they don't, you know, we don't watch TV. We only know what we're told down there. So I had no idea the pandemic was happening. (laughs) The travel restrictions were being in place and all that craziness. So about like two or three days before it was time to get back on a bus, they gave us a breakdown (laughs) of the state of the world. And we're basically like, yeah, we're uh, kind of sending you back to what could be the apocalypse. We don't really know. (laughs) Have fun. You're not in the army anymore. (laughs) I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail, dirtbags and hiker trash. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder, if you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest, who is a PCT thru-hiker with quite a backstory. 
Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod, Josh Murphy. How's it going, Josh? Oh, it's going good. Thanks for having me, Doc. Absolutely. Now, Josh, I, I noted that you are a PCT through hiker. During those 2,650 miles, did you happen to pick up a trail name along the way? Uh, yeah. I mean, I only did 2,300 miles and some change because of the uh, fire closures, mm-hmm. just to put an asterisk next to my through hiker title there but uh no 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 asterisk <laughs> needed it is getting more and more difficult these days to complete the pct because of fire season that's for sure but uh to answer your question yeah I, my trail name is long story long story yeah okay and how did you come by long story is it a long story for you to tell us uh, how you came by uh, long story? It's, it's not that long so uh when i was at the mcdonald's in cajon pass actually um uh hiker i met a uh, shout out to ramble if you're listening to this wherever you are now <laughs> he uh, asked me what brought you to the pct i said well that's kind of a long story but you know we've got the time sitting here in our mcdonald's and I'm like, I'll try to make it short. So, you know, that's never how it goes. And after about like a dozen times saying a long story short, he's just kind of like, do you have a trail name? I was like, kinda, I'm not wild about it. He's like, how about long story short or long story? I'm like, long story flows a lot better. We'll go, we'll go with that. That is a slick trail name. I like it. Long story. Hey, a lot of people say that. Yeah, it usually gets a good reaction. It confuses people sometimes. They'll be like, what's your trail name? I'll say long story. And they're just kind of waiting. And they're like, oh, that's your trail name. Yeah, it's some awkward interactions for sure. Nice. I'm, I am always up for some awkward interactions. Those are the best. Hey, they make you feel alive. <laughs> now, I'm hoping that with your, your trail name being long story, that uh, we may get some stories out of this episode. We'll see where it goes. Okay. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And in fact, I'm going to change your name right now on the screen from uh, Josh Murphy to the even better name of long story. As is fitting. Okay. All right. Hey, have you had a chance long story to listen to the podcast before? I have. Yeah. I started listening um, shortly before we first talked. I saw uh, one of my, friends I made on the PCT was going to be on. So I checked out your page, checked out the podcast. And it's strange to hear your voice communicating with me now <laughs> after like just hearing you talk to so many other people. But yeah. You know, I talk as often as I can in public just so that I can have that one moment maybe in my life where someone goes, hey, are you Doc from the John freaking your <laughs> pod? That, that moment hasn't happened yet. One of these days. One of these days, like you said, we, we can only hope, or maybe I said that. Um, I'll say it too. We can only hope. Okay. Very good. I asked you if you listen to the podcast, because I want to make sure that you are aware of a segment that, that happens towards the end of the episode called the pro tip inside of the week. And that's where I will turn to you and ask you to share some trail, trail, some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. So don't be surprised when we get there. Gotcha. Okay. It's time for a current event. All right. Every once in a while, we throw in a current event in the episode. This is probably surprising for you. This was not on the outline. So you probably have no idea what we're going to talk about here. But uh, occasionally, I'll I'll throw in a story that's uh, ripped right from the headlines, uh, something to do with adventure and nature, hiking, maybe. uh, And we have a little discussion about it. But this time, I have thrown in a current event because um, we just lost 
uh, a former guest um, that was on the on the podcast just a few weeks ago, Phil Tucker, uh, aka Swamper from Mississippi. Uh, he told us his story. He had a very rough life in the beginning. Got got uh, kind of off course, involved with some dangerous elements, and pulled himself out of it and moved up to Montana and Wyoming and got out in the outdoors. And it kind of turned his life around. And uh, through a, a series of unfortunate events, he ended up losing his leg, lower part of his leg, his right leg. And he wow. was kind of down in the dumps and found some uh, some YouTube channels and uh, adventure accounts and and kind of put together a, a bucket list that he wanted to accomplish, including hiking the PCT. But uh, unfortunately, a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, he suffered a stroke and he, he actually passed yesterday. So I thought it'd be fitting to just mention that to our listeners. If, if, if you haven't followed my Instagram account and you haven't seen the recent posts uh, in honor of, of Phil Tucker, uh, at least you'll, you'll hear it here that uh, he passed. Unfortunately, it's big hardship on on uh, all who knew him. He's from a small town in Mississippi, and I know that they're all kind of feeling uh, the emotions right now. So I just wanted to take a minute, honor him, remember him. Uh, he was a great guest. Uh, he had a very thick Mississippi accent. He was really fun to listen to. And as we started that episode, I'm, I'm, I was wondering, you know, as we were talking, I'm like, are, are people how what are people going to think of, of of this episode because he, he he you know that he's got that he had that southern drawl and uh but as as the episode got on i had a ton of fun talking to him he was a really interesting guy had a great story and uh really really sad to hear about his passing so this is this, this current events about phil tucker and uh long story I, i'm just throwing this out here just for the just for the listeners out there, you you can comment. You don't have to comment. This is just my opportunity to to recognize Phil. No, you see, said he was an amputee. Yeah, yeah. He actually got. Uh, I think he fell through the ice when he was up in Montana or Wyoming, and um, didn't take care of it properly afterwards, and it kind of turned into a, a long running problem for him that eventually led to the amputation of his lower right leg. Gosh, that's you know that's. Um... I think about like you know, if that happened to me, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I, I just kind of feel like, you know, my wife would be over, you know, but I, I know um, I'm a good friend of mine is an above the knee amputee and he's actually an endurance athlete. He's sponsored by a bunch of companies. He's a really great guy. Shout out to Dan Kosick. Um, and, you know, after talking with him, it completely changed my perspective on life in a lot of ways, but, you know, he took that as an opportunity to just, completely add fuel to his fire for doing all the incredible things that he does and continues to do. And I'm sure this man you're talking about, it was the same thing for him. You know, really knowing these people, knowing their legacy, it really kind of helps put your own life and uh, problems that we have into perspective, you know, could always be worse. And um, any situation we encounter is what we make of it, you know? Absolutely. It's not how many times you get knocked down, but, but how many times you get up. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Phil kind of, Phil kind of demonstrated that he also had, you know, a fun fact about Phil. He had a mountain lion as a pet for many, many years. Wow. Okay. So, living in the swamps. I guess that's, 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 how, that's how, that's how you roll. You get used to just being around dangerous animals out there, I guess. So that's right. Yeah. He told well, the funny story. He shot a snake and he was going to skin it. He was going to, I don't know, do some taxidermy or something. And then when he was getting the razor blade out and started his first cut up, up by the, the snake's head, that's when he realized that he didn't actually shoot the snake. It, it, it actually was a ricochet and knocked the snake out. And the snake came to 
and bit him on his hand. He was like 12 years old wow, and uh, probably two hours from a hospital and ran in with the, uh, I'm not sure if the snake was still hanging off of his hand or if he had, he, he had rid himself of the snake, but ran into his mom and uh, the whole time they're wondering if he was going to make it to the hospital in time, but Gosh. Uh, he did, but you know, swamp stories. So yeah. good stuff. That is a hardcore man. And you know, may he rest in peace and his memory live forever. Absolutely. Well said, sir. Well said. The must bring gear review. All right, moving on. Uh, another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, six moon designs. Have you heard of six moon designs? I have. I, uh, I actually, I was looking at one of their tents at one point and, uh, I actually carried one of their sun umbrellas for a little bit. I found it in a Kennedy Meadows and carried it for a good chunk of the first leg of the Sierras. Yeah. I've had a number of people talk to me about, uh, uh, solar umbrellas and about how handy they are on the pct especially during that uh, desert section yeah for a while i was hiking with someone that had one and we would take breaks underneath it it really handy <laughs> nice all right so here's how this works if you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike like the pct what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed and if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear even better so Long story, what's your must-bring piece of gear out there? My must-bring piece of gear is 100% my camera. Yeah, if that counts as... Oh, it absolutely does. Gear? Okay, yeah, that's... Yeah, 100% my camera. Okay, so a lot of us... And, uh, and a lens or two. Okay, a lot of us out there are carrying their, their phone to use as a camera. It's a multifunctional device. But I'm assuming you're talking more than just uh, like an iPhone. What, what kind of camera are you bringing out there? So I, on the PCT, I carried, um, so I had about eight pounds of camera gear with me. <laughs> I had a Sony a7 IV, a Tamron 70 to 180 2.8 lens and a 20 millimeter 1.8 lens. So covered a wide range with all that. And yeah, I guess pretty much that sort of setup is the, the one, if you want to include all that as a piece of gear. Right. Oh, and of course, my tripod. Got to have that. And a tripod. Eight long pounds exposures. Yeah. Yeah, it was worth the wait. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you carry the camera on a, was it on a strap? Did you pack it away? Did you have a clip on your on your shoulder or something that allowed you for, for quick so access? How did that work? I, ha I had, um, it's made by this company, uh, Matador. They make a bunch of different out outdoor and travel gear. Wish I had it here with me to show. But um, basically, it's like a pouch that my camera fits in and it's a uh, dust proof and waterproof kind of has like a roll top, almost like a, like a high, like a hyperlight bag would. And I had that configured across my chest for a while. So I would pull my camera out, you know, like, so, but yeah. I eventually found the best way to have it was to put it through my hip belt on my pack. So it kind of hung off my hip. So I'd have my camera on my left side and I had my tripod hung off my right side with its um, little case that it came in. So I would just kind of cross draw for my camera, get my tripod out as needed, because um, if, if you can't easily access these things, you're not going to use them. That's right. You know, right. I uh, shout out to my friend, Eric, but I'm probably going to do a bunch of random shout outs. I don't know why. Perfect. Throughout we love this the video, shout outs. But uh, Cause we shout know if you're shot, we know if you're shouting them out, that means you're going to tell them to listen to the episode. So that, exactly. That's yeah. yeah. So shout out to Eric who is uh, currently in medical school over in Ireland, um, bought me a Peak Design travel tripod 
for this hike specifically because my old one I, I had it like on the side pocket of my pack so to, I would have to take my pack off set it down big pain so pro tip I guess take an easily accessible tripod or you probably won't use it very often Oh, he's going early with the pro tip. Already dropping uh, those, uh, those nuggets bon- of wisdom. Bo- bonus pro tip, I guess. <laughs> bonus, nice. Now, having listened uh, to you describe that, I've got a couple of different images in my mind. One is like a really big, oversized fanny pack, which uh, seems kind of kind of awkward and funny in in my mind. And then also the way you're describing it with the camera on your left and the tripod on your right. I would have called you gunslinger. You just like quick draw McGraw pulling those I, things out and taking some shots. I dig that. I dig that. Yeah. Would have been, yeah, I would have taken that over long story. Sure. Why not? But uh, <laughs> too late. Long story is too yeah. good. A, too, too good. A one. Already. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with long story. It's better than my potential original trail name, which was almost shake up because instead of a shake down, I had so much stuff with me that uh, I can teach you how to carry more rather than carry less. I don't know. That was kind of an inside joke with my original trail family, but nice you know. shake up. That's, that's kind of clever yeah. too, but yeah. uh, I do like long story. Long story. Uh, it sounded, it, all, it almost sounded like arrogance in a way. So that's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I wasn't really about it because of that. Mm-hmm. And let's be, and to be honest, I'm the next time I do something like this, 100% shaken down more. <laughs> Got to lighten that load up. The less, the less nonsense I have, the more camera stuff I can have. So I think that's a common lesson by a lot of folks out there. They go on their first big trip and they, they, they over-prepare, which is great. I mean, yeah. And honestly, I was pretty dialed in. Like, I'm, you know, I'm very conscious of, you know, being lightweight, wouldn't exactly call myself ultralight, but you know, I did have like an extra battery pack two power banks, I should say, and probably more wires than I needed just because, you know, redundancy, but, uh, yeah, could always stand to shed more weight. So this, this leads to a lot of great questions and, and right into the next segment. So I thank you for the, the easy segue, but if you're carrying eight pounds of extra gear of camera gear, you know, what, did you cut back on anything? What, what was your, your pack weight for the PCT? What was your base weight? So, I only weighed my stuff once. Didn't want to know. You know, I figured, you know, if I knew what the number was, I might uh, might use it as an excuse to, uh, I don't know, slack a little more, or, you know, take it easier where I shouldn't have. But basically, the one time I weighed my pack, it weighed 47 pounds with the food and everything in it. So I think that's, that's- before... That might have been with two liters of water also. So, and, and my bear can, it was at Kennedy Meadows. Right before I was about to head back out in the Sierra, they've got that little hook over in the corner. So I don't know how calibrated that thing is, but you know, I threw my pack on that thing and it read somewhere between like 45, 47-ish pounds. Uh, that's before camera gear. <laughs> that's before so. camera gear. That's pretty stout right there. It was pretty stout. Yeah. yeah, but I also mm-hmm. kept falling victim to this idea that I'm going to carry enough food to just send it for whatever five, six days straight. So I'll carry like a week's worth of food to play it safe. And it just it slowed me down. And you know, I would end up eating more of the food than was necessary and would end up having to stop, get off trail sooner than anticipated. And, you know, somehow that's just never a lesson that I fully learned. <laughs> so like mm-hmm. the last leg of the hike. But 
Yeah. Just in time. You're, just yeah, in the, time. The, just in time. Yeah. That ego kept uh, kept taking a hit. <laughs> Wouldn't stay down, I guess. Now I love that. I love that you said you only weighed your pack once because you, you didn't want to know. And I think that's smart. I think that's smart. I think you're, if you're, if you're weighing your pack and then you know how much that weight is, it, you're exactly right. That it gives you an excuse to say something. Right. And so yeah. uh, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance can be times. bliss. Yeah. And yeah. Hey, don't be like me, you know, definitely be more conscious, you know, make an effort <laughs> to, to be as lightweight as possible. You know, there's plenty of ultralight forums and stuff out there. Get dialed in. Yeah. Or you could be like doc. I, I like to say that if ignorance is bliss, I'm one of the happiest guys on the planet. That too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically either be extremely dialed in or just never worry about it. <laughs> As there's beyond, beyond one of those two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Don't be in the middle. Be on, be yeah. On don't be end. in the middle. Yeah. Don't, don't be in the middle. Another, another bit of a pro tip there. Don't be in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Hey, to help us talk about gear, we've got another segment we call it's the hiking pole. The hiking pole. And ah. it's not P-O-L-E, like hiking poles in your hands. It's P-O-L-L, like a survey. I appreciate a good pun. You like the, the cleverness there? I always I explain do. it. I always explain it because I like to show how clever I am. Um, you know, one of my noticed. listeners, one, thank you. One of my listeners sent me a picture on Instagram of a segment in, I think it was either Backpacker Magazine or Outside Magazine where they had the hiking pole. But I'm like, hey, somebody, somebody at that magazine has been listening and stole my idea. Uh, I need to get royalties. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, long story. That's a long story. But anyway, back to the, back to the main story. Uh, this is a seven-question survey about hiking where I'm going to get your opinion one way or the other, and it's going to help me determine where you fall on the sanity scale, sanity scale uh, from one to 100 with one being completely insane and 100 being completely sane. Now, because you are a, a completer of the PCT, long trail through hikers get an automatic 25 point deduction because there's something wrong with you. For sure. Yeah. So you won't argue score, with that. Your top score is 75. Top possible score is 75. If I were to ask your family and friends to, to give you a score on the sanity scale, where do you think they'd rank you? I, I think on a good day, probably somewhere around a 50 or a 60. Okay. So I maybe, mean, maybe north of, of the, the midline there. Maybe, 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 but they could okay. just be being nice. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. If I asked them and they knew the answer wouldn't get back to you, what would the answer be? Probably somewhere around a 40. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Seven questions. You ready? Let's do it. Do you know what these questions are? Um, yeah, I've, I've listened to the podcast enough, but I'm, I know maybe you'll switch it up. I know sometimes you do. Sometimes I do, you do, I right? Do yeah. Sometimes. Well, since yeah. you know, I may have to throw in a couple of random questions then. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. We'll start off easy though. All right. So first question, uh, trekking poles or no trekking poles out there? Trekking poles. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that because so – First time I ever used a pair of trekking poles, I was hiking up in the Catskills in preparation for the PCT with one of my buddies and he had an extra pair and I was like, I'll try these out, I guess. But I'm, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, these things are for old people. And after that day, 
it completely changed me. I was like, this is a game changer. <laughs> it's like, it's like having four legs. <laughs> this is incredible. Like my knees feel so much better. You know, there's like going downhill, they're invaluable. So yeah, I'm very pro trekking pool. Awesome. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, maybe not a common misconception, but I think it's, it's something that new hikers, uh, they kind of have a, a, an uneasy relationship with trekking poles or they're, they're like you said it's for old people or i'm gonna look goofy with the yeah. ass. what are people I, gonna think of me and they they really miss out on the, the benefit of the trekking poles no for sure i mean you don't know what you don't know you know if you've never experienced it then you just don't know okay question number two i'm gonna throw you off your game here all uh, right this doesn't necessarily relate to hiking but i'm gonna throw it in anyway uh Long story, what is your most useful skill in case of a zombie apocalypse? Hmm. My use, my most useful skill, um, probably just a willingness to go out there and kill zombies as needed. I guess that would be my role. You know, someone's got to be not afraid to do that. So I guess let me do it. Okay. You guys, you know. I don't know. Whatever the team is made up of, I'm sure people with more useful assets than just going out there and tanking on the zombies. But I guess that would be me. Okay. Off the top of my head, at least. Off, all right. And, and would would you be killing them from afar? Would you be killing them up close? And how does that how does that work? I mean, ideally, I'd be suited up in some capacity so they couldn't like you know bite me or get to me easily. So probably use some sort of melee weapon to conserve ammo but uh yeah depends on what kind of zombie also are they fast zombies or is there a swarm of slow zombies depends yeah is, are these the walking dead zombies or are these like the brad pitt is it generation z uh zombies yeah if they're walking dead zombies probably just you know they'd be a little easier to deal with yeah but if they're super fast super strong zombies then well I don't think any of us are making it that long in that situation. Yeah. Maybe wrap yourself up in your, your uh, six moon designs tent or tarp. There we go. You can use the tent to kind of hold them back and mm -hmm. go over with a trekking pole. You know, oh, Roman nice. legionnaire style, something like that. Okay. All right. Hey, speaking of uh, tents and tarps, uh, question number three, in terms of your shelter, your preferred shelter out there, do you prefer a tent, tarp, hammock, bivy, or cowboy camping? Um, I prefer cowboy camping. I cowboy camped for most of the desert. Um, yeah, like I'd say probably 95% of the desert. And <clears throat> my first night cowboy camping in the Sierra, I woke up covered in ice. So yeah, that uh, kind of reverted me back to using my tent. And um, then once the mosquitoes got bad. Yeah, those are pretty much throughout the entirety of the Sierra. I was back in my tent. Whether I had the rain cover on or not, it usually didn't. Usually it was just acting as a giant bug net, essentially. But um, yeah, cowboy camping when I can, uh, when bugs are in the picture, definitely in my tent. So I guess a little more than one answer there. But, That's okay. As long, as long as you explain yourself, it's okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, let's throw this up again. Uh, question number four. Do you use the Oxford comma? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll use a comma um, more often than I should probably, but 
So, so you write your stuff down and you just kind of go back and sprinkle some commas through, or is there any kind of, uh, I tend to uh, kind of, I guess much like my trail namesake when I write, I really should break it up into just different sentences more often, but I'll just keep stringing on words to a sentence and like adding to it. And yeah, next thing you know, yeah, it's could have been, you know, your trail name could have been stream of consciousness. But that's a lot of syllables. That, that is, that's too many syllables. I like it. I like it. But uh, yeah, that's, that's why a long story short didn't stick because it can't be three words is a lot. Let's be yeah. honest. It's only I mean, so much you're, time if, out there. Yeah. If you are out on the trail and a, a tree is falling and you need to get, need to get your attention. I mean, long story short, by the time they get that out, I mean, you, you could be squashed already. So 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So the Oxford comma is the, second comma in a short series so like the flag is red white and blue the oxford comma would be the comma that comes after white between white and and right some people some people say hey the and is the separator you don't need a comma but uh us purists of the english language people who have been speaking english our whole lives uh we we prefer the oxford comma you get rid of the oxford comma society starts to break down so do you have a firm opinion on that one way or the other um, whatever floats your boat, you know, as, as long as I can get, understand what you're trying to say, then no, I got it. Just try not to use the wrong there. Well, you know, punctuation, you know, is a life and death situation. Did you know this long story? I, I do now. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a big difference between, uh, let's go eat grandma and let's go eat grandma. Yeah, no, definitely. And as someone that's writing a book, I should definitely have stronger opinions on such matters. But oh, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to hear about the book later. So let's let's put a pin in that. But we're gonna come back to that. All right. Hey, let's go back to when you woke up with with ice on you in the Sierras. Uh, that brings me to question number. What is this? Question number five. Uh, when you're sleeping, do you prefer sleeping bag or a quilt? Um, I've never used a quilt. So I guess sleeping bag by default. Yeah. And what was your bag rated to up there in the Sierras? So uh, it was five degrees. Yeah. I had um, this North Face sleeping bag, the North Face, the one bag. So it's Mm. actually modular. It can go from like a 40, 20 or a five degree bag. And I had it in five degree configuration for, well, till about uh, Sierra City, actually, when I sent home part of it to cut down on some weight. But yeah, it was rated for five degrees. I was never cold. Okay. Never had a cold, never had a cold night on trail. Put it to you so that even way. that night you woke even that morning you woke up with ice on you. you, you I was cozy. Right I was actually it. pretty cozy. Yeah. I didn't even get wet like through the ice and frost. Yeah. So shout out to the North Face, I guess. Another shout out. It's a good testimonial yeah. for North Face. Yeah, I guess I'm just noticed I'm wearing a North Face pullover too. I'm gonna have to tag them on the Instagram. North Face, go ahead and sponsor me anytime now. <laughs> or, or me. Or me. Yeah, or yeah, join operation. Long story. Yeah, my podcast. Okay. Question, question number six. Question number someone. Uh, Oh, let's see. Here's another good one. Uh, Do you roll your toilet paper over or under? Um, just anarchy when it comes to that. I don't care. Just put it on any any old which way. Any any old which way. Um. To be honest, I don't, I don't even care if it's just sitting there as long as I can get to it when I need it. 
I had a guess. I know so, some people are firmly planted one way or the other on that. And I just oh, yeah. I could never get myself to care enough. Yeah. So, you, you'd be surprised yeah. at some of the, some of the answers I get on this show. Um, I had a, I had a guest ask me a follow-up question after I'd asked him this question. He asked me back and he says, are you a folder or a crumpler? Hmm. Well, I'm a folder for sure. Yeah. Well, that surprises me. I mean, any which way I, I would, I would have you pegged as a crumpler. Well, I mean, hey, at the end of the day, I guess, well, you know, access to the toilet paper and how I use the toilet paper, you know, that's two different things, right? But uh, you got to do it any way you can at the end of the day, I suppose. Yeah, we can only hope. Yeah, as that long as it's be, there. That might be this episode title. We can only hope. It's already come up three or four times, so. We can only hope. <laughs> All right, and question number seven. Out there on the PCT, when it comes to food, were you stove, cold soak, or stoveless? So I started out cold soaking, actually. And uh, I did that for quite, well, I wouldn't say quite a while. I did that till about Big Bear. Um, so, you know, I started out, you know, I'm going to be this utilitarian hard ass. I don't need anything. I'm just going to cold soak the same food constantly. And, uh, Man, that that became just like not only mentally a struggle, but I just started to get so repulsed by cold soaked instant oats. Like I'm like basically gagging between bites of food at one point, and um, uh, started making camp with the same people after a while, and they were eventually like, "Hey, this was before I was long story," but they were like, "Hey, Josh, like." You know, we, we ate so much of this warm, like food that we cooked. We can't eat anymore. Would you like the rest of our food? And I'm just like, yeah, sure. And after a couple of times doing that, you know, looking at my, my cold soap couscous, these nice hot meals that I can actually stomach and enjoy choice became pretty obvious. So when we got into big bear, I bought myself a stove set up and it's history ever since. Nice. You know, you know what I like about that story? Long story is you clarified that this was before you were a long story. And they said, Hey, Josh, it yeah. kind of just like put me right there in the moment, knowing exactly where I was on the trail with you. Was this before or after the conversation with the guy about, uh, about the long story? So yeah, yeah, that, that, that was, that, that's nice. It's a good, good touch. Yeah. I'm glad I could <laughs> add that. <laughs> All right. Hey, let me take your answers. I'm going to put them through the John freaking your pod algorithm. We do some quick math here and see what we come up with. We need to uh, do some math. I got to carry the two. We're going to multiply by root three. So I got to multiply by uh, divide by pi. And then I'm going to adjust for the temperature at the top of Whitney. Did you do Whitney along the, the PCT? Yes, I did. Okay. All yes, right. I did. And I come up with the very substandard score of 42, 42. So yeah. congratulations. Sound sounds about right i guess when i get an answer when i get a when i get a, a sanity scale in the 40s i know it's going to be a hell of an interview so i'm really excited about this me too <laughs> all right hey let's back up a little bit uh long story uh let's hear about your background where you grew up what kind of sports and hobbies you were involved with and how did you get involved in through hiking all right well I guess from the top. So I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania, Athens, Pennsylvania. You know, it's right on the New York state border. 
Uh, when I explain to people where I'm from, I just tell them, if you know where Ithaca, New York is, I'm directly an hour south of that, just on the Pennsylvania border. Um, I grew up, uh, I don't know, my parents were pretty poor. Uh, so I spent a lot of time on my grandparents' dairy farm up in the hills and spent a lot of my youth just kind of roaming those hills, um, looking for, you know, cool stuff in the woods, whatever kids do, you know. Like my weekends up there, I'd pretty much just grab a 22 rifle, fill a backpack up with food and just wander the woods looking for cool stuff, reading books, what have you. And I was also very overweight my whole life. Um, yeah, I was always the largest person in the room. Uh, it would be extremely rare to see another person that was heavier than I was. Um, yeah, that kind of culminated to uh, me weighing almost 450 pounds later in life. But yeah, that kind of dictated a lot of how I lived my life, how I uh, viewed life. Um, I'd never really thought I had that many prospects in life because of that. Um, and I don't want to be too depressing, but yeah, a lot of like my life story really does stem around the fact that I used to be extremely overweight and, you know, that's something I never thought would change. Um, something that I, you know, I thought I would die overweight with a cigarette in my hand, you know? Um, so pretty much my teenage years were just spent kind of, bombing around, uh, wasting my time, essentially, <laughs> just, you know, doing more partying than schoolwork, that kind of thing, just doing just enough to get by in high school, you know, and in some cases, not even that. And, you know, then came time to graduate and I went to college because, well, I guess you're supposed to go to college. At least that's what my generation was that was, that's what was kind of shoved down our throats. <laughs> so, you know, I went to college with no purpose, no real direction for a major that uh, just meant nothing to me in the long run. And after doing that dance for a while, getting pretty crappy grades, I ended up coming back to my hometown because I finally realized, okay, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. So I was going to just finish out my gen ed credits at a local community college. And I wanted to go to RIT, uh, Rochester Institute of Technology for Photojournalism. Um, one of my dreams in life had always been to be a Nat Geo photographer. You know, that that was something I always was fascinated by. We used to have um, cardboard boxes just filled with Nat Geo mags. I don't, I don't know where they came from. I don't know where they went, <laughs> but there were just, there were always hundreds of them up at my grandparents' house. And I was always so infatuated by that and thought I was going to go do that. But uh, one thing led to another and my grandparents actually fell on really poor health. And uh, my grandmother broke a hip actually. And so she was, she was between being in the hospital and, um, rehabilitation she was pretty much in a hospital and a rehab setting for over a year which left my grandfather by himself who was you know it was very hard for him to get around and I just kind of stopped going to school got a job and lived with and took care of him and 
then eventually he was in and out of the hospital for almost a year. And it was my grandmother that was in kind of a reverse role situation. So pretty much most of my 20s, I found myself in this place where I was just a caregiver for my grandparents, living with them and not taking care of myself at all. <laughs> um, I just let myself go in my 20s by and large. Um, just eating and drinking myself to death, you know, as soon as the weekends would roll around and, you know, my younger sister would take over watching my grandparents when she wasn't in school, I would just go out and eat, drink, smoke cigarettes, just try to numb my reality, essentially, um, because I could barely stand to look at myself in the mirror, if I'm being completely honest. You know, everyone around me, a lot of my friends are like very well put together, come from very well adjusted homes and backgrounds and are like well accomplished. And, you know, around this time, I'm like, what, 23. So, yeah, most of my friends are like graduating college or starting like graduate school, medical school. And I have like nothing going on. And I don't know that, that I guess that's kind of like the fallacy of the whole social media thing. You know, we see everyone online living great lives. And whether that's the case or not, it's really easy to kind of get caught up and feel worthless, you know, um, added on to the fact that I just, like I said, couldn't stand to even look myself in the mirror because of just how overweight and, and what poor health I was in. And <clears throat> so, yeah, I, it was a very dark time in my life, my mid to late twenties. And one day I, uh, <laughs> I quit smoking cigarettes out of the blue. Okay. Um, I knew I was getting sick. I could feel like a sinus infection coming on. And I thought to myself, oh, I better, better relax on the cigarettes for a, a day or so just to make this more bearable. You know, when, when you live the lifestyle, I, I would get sinuses and sinus infections several times a year. It was a pretty regular thing. I, you know, I smoked almost two packs of cigarettes a day ate processed foods pretty much completely. And um, so come about five days later, I still got sick, of course, but I noticed, holy shit, I haven't had a cigarette in five days. It's probably the longest I've been without a cigarette since I was like 16 years old. Huh? What else can I do? And that was like the first domino that fell for me. And it just turned it turned into a, um, a, a spiral effect of positive change. You know, it went from quitting cigarettes to, okay, let's start eating healthier. Once I fell into that rhythm and routine, it was, um, let's start, you know, going for walks. And while I started doing all of that, I kind of revisited this idea that I'd had about uh, wanting to join the army. You know, because I really had no prospects for what the hell I was doing with my life at this point in time. And it was something that had always been in the back of my mind that I would, you know, wanted to do. I always wanted to serve. Um, specifically, when I was a child, I thought it would be cool to be a Marine. But uh, I don't know, you get older and you read about different branches and different specialties. And I determined I wanted to be in army special operations. I don't know. It all sounded crazy at the time, but that was like my drive. Like, Oh, 
I can do this if I just lose weight. Because I had randomly had a conversation with a good friend of mine, um, probably a year prior to that. Uh, he was a Marine, actually, and he joined the Army National Guard. And he, he came like after his tour in the Marines. And I was talking to him at one of the local watering holes when he visited town. And, you know, I'm like, oh, it's so awesome that you're in the Army. I always wanted to be a Ranger. You know, I thought that would be awesome. And he's like, you should do it. And I'm just like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> Look at me, man. He's like, just, you, you just got to lose weight, man. He's like, the military, it's all a mental game. He's like, just lose the weight. You can do it. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. Long story. Cause you're living up to your name. This is, this is great. We're going to put yeah. a pin in that just for a second because we're going to take a quick break here in just a sec. But uh, before we go to break, I want to know how old are you now? I'm 32, 32. And how much do you weigh right now? I'm probably walking around at like 230, 240 right now. Okay. Wow. That, that's a couple hundred pounds lighter than where you were. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. So we're going to, we're going to find out more about how that happened and what happened in the army. When we come back from our break, stay tuned. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water. Using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. Plus, their fun standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at jollygear.com. Through hiker owned Jolly Gear, where fun meets functional. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your pod podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. 
since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Welcome back. We are talking to Long Story, who is doing his his uh, his trail name very proud right now. We're in the middle of a long story, a great story, an engaging story. I, I'm interested to see where this goes. Uh, we, we we left off with you talking to your buddy about uh, possibly joining the army. He was he was telling you just do it, just join the army. You always wanted to do it, do it. And so, what happened there? Yeah, so his words of encouragement, that was one of the first times in my life, really, that anyone, you know, didn't laugh at my face with like the audacity of me being this person of 400 and whatever, close to 450 pounds being like, I want to be an army ranger, like is some of the most laughable shit you could think about. But he planted that little seed of positivity that eventually sprouted into me, heeding his advice. I was like, okay. So, you know, like I said, quit smoking cigarettes, started making positive changes. And over the course of about a year, oh, a year and 23 days, I ended up losing 200 pounds through no other means than diet and exercise. Um, learned a lot in that time, um, mainly just how to be disciplined, how to set goals and go after them. Um, you know, my whole driving force was, you know, that carrot dangling of, I'm going to join the army and I'm going to be a fucking army ranger. Sorry if we can't curse on this. And I'm eventually going to be a green beret. You know, I had this own, this self-fulfilling prophecy in my mind of just walking down this path of becoming someone elite and standing shoulder to shoulder with the most elite some of the most elite people that have ever walked the face of this earth. Like I wanted that more than anything. And, you know, over the course of my entire weight loss experience, that was one of the biggest driving factors for me was just that, you know, every decision I made in a day was, does this get me closer to my goal? And if the answer was no, throw it out. You don't need that. You know, I lived a pretty utilitarian boring, lonely life, but, um, I don't regret a single second of it. Um, so then 2017, I finally walk into a recruiter station, uh, down in this town, about 20 minutes from where I lived. I didn't call. I didn't like make an appointment. I didn't know the proper etiquette. You know, I just kind of assumed you show up and say, Hey, I want to join the army. And they're like, all right, well, there's a bus that shows up and we give you some lucky strikes and you go to Georgia that is not the case for the record. Um, another bonus pro tip. If you are thinking of joining the military, it's not nearly as straightforward as you would assume it to be. And do not even remotely put your eggs near that basket <laughs> for a long time in that process. But basically I walked in and said, here's who I am. Here's what I've done. Here's what I want to do. Point blank. Like, what do we got to do? And they're like, well, we've never had someone just come in and know this. So well, cool. That's not, that sounds but, like a reasonable approach. Long story. I mean, <laughs> I, I would think that's, you know, that, that's a, a way you go about doing it. There had to be more people doing that than, than you would think. Yeah, uh, apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. But um, so 
that whole endeavor from day one, little knock on the door to oath of enlistment took almost two years to the day. There were ups, there were downs. There was a lot of uncertainty uh, for the majority of that time. I really had no idea if I was going to be able to join the army because of all the, I needed waivers for, um, I was arrested for some marijuana possession in my youth, you know, forgive me. Uh, so that was something we had to get a waiver for. Um, I had to get surgery on both of my legs to get rid of varicose veins, which I developed from being obese for so long. Um, I had to switch careers to get insurance that would cover the cost of the surgery to get that procedure. It's, it is fucking insane. The hoops I jumped through for two years to try and reach this goal. Uh, like I talked to anyone that knew me well in that time. And it was, it was nuts. And even thinking back on it now, like God, a, a sane, rational person so many times would have just been like, you know what? I, I could invest this energy into anything else right now. And I don't know, be good, but I don't know. To me, I was just so obsessed and committed to the idea. You know, I, that's the word was I was going to use. Long about, story. Yeah. That's the word I was going to use. Was committed. You you yeah. were committed to this. I, idea. Yeah, I was. You know, I was doing push-ups anytime I could. Like, especially once I took the oath. But you know, once it was finally go time. You know, and I finally swore in. And it was like, all right, this is this is it. You know, I I sold pretty much all my possessions except for like two plastic totes with some clothes, uh, some books. Uh, my camera, of course, um, and just my, you know, basically what I could fit in my car, you know, I, I uh, just ended up ending a relationship I was in at the time. Um, it was just the right thing to do, given, you know, the way paths in life were taking me. It was a lot, you know, I, I invested every fiber of my being into this and it was finally go time. You know, I had a ship date. And it was uh, February 2020 is when I went down to Fort Benning. And we got off the bus, handed them our cell phones. Life was great. I was, I never felt more ready for anything in my life and never felt like I belonged anywhere more than when I was standing in formation, like just fresh off the bus with just my life in this like little backpack that my recruiter gave me sounding off, you know, it was finally, I can just, all I have to do now is work towards the goal that I've had this whole goddamn time. I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's, it's group or I'm gonna die trying. So that energy lasted for about uh, nine days. Uh, so we were getting our boots issued down in the basement of Fort Benning there. And I had some leg swelling that had come back. Um, that varicose vein surgery I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. the point of that was to get rid of leg swelling, uh, lymphedema. And they told me from the jump that it would never be a permanent solution to the problem. But I was like, so it's a window <laughs> that I can get through MEPS and, you know, because in my mind, once I, you know, signed the paper, I'd be good to go. I was in, yeah, 
it never bothered me. So I didn't care if it never went away. I just needed to convince the, the MEPS doctors that I was good to go, which, you right. know, I did. But then it came back and the people issuing the boots refused to give me boots and made me go to medical. And I kind of walked in with this, like, I was nervous because you never want to go to medical for any reason, but I had this like false sense of confidence, like, Hey, it's cool. I made it through maps, like nothing to worry about. You can send me back down to get my boots. And they're just like, you shouldn't be here. I'm like, what, what do you mean? I shouldn't be here. They're like, you, you maps, they should not have sent you here. Uh, you will never have a career in the army were the exact words they said to me. Oh no. And they, so they were not hearing it. <laughs> they were not hearing it. It didn't matter what I had done to get to that point. Um, it didn't matter that I lost all this weight and it didn't, none of it mattered. It was so robotic. <laughs> it was, you do not meet the standard. You're done. I'd, wow. Yeah, and, that and, was, that was that. We were talking about earlier. It's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you, you, you get back up. Oh I mean, yeah. How, yeah. How did you respond to this? Um, not well, I mean, well enough in the moment, but I, uh, I had no idea. I mean, everyone keeps telling you, wait six months, just wait six months. You can try to come back. I'm like, okay. You know, I, I asked, do we have to do this? Can I get reevaluated up at, um, I think Griner is the facility, the medical facility there. Just, long story short, here I go. Right. I, uh, I pretty much just started taking up space at that point. Um, all I knew was that I was going home. I had no idea when, <laughs> and, uh, my life was very firmly on one path headed in one direction. And now I was going to get slingshotted back into my old life with far less than I had when I left it. Um, so just taking up space down in Fort Benning, uh, the library in our, in the Bravo company barracks, uh, was where I kind of sought refuge. And there was a book on the shelf called the pursuit of endurance by, uh, Jennifer Farr Davis. It was literally one of like two or three books that was not a Bible or a blue book, which is an army manual. So I'm like, yeah, snatch this before someone else does. And yeah, I had never heard of the Pacific Crest Trail until I read that book. See right there. That's it. I know our listeners were, were, were asking, where's this story going and how does this guy end up on the PCT? <laughs> and so that was the moment. That was the book. That was the book. Yeah. Um, incredible book. Highly recommend it. But I just was like, whoa, because I'd always heard of the Appalachian Trail being from Pennsylvania, you know, um, so, and I, my first thought was there's a West coast version of the Appalachian trail. Like that sounds fucking awesome. Thinking, man, like I, I have no idea what life has in store for me whenever I end up back home or back in civilian life, but you know, I'll have some money saved up. I'm going to go, I'm going to go out West. I'm going to travel. I'll, I'll go to California. I'll check out a part of this trail. I'll go to like Crater Lake. This, this PCT sounds cool. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to travel. I'm going to go out and see the country. You know, I keep in mind, this is uh, late February, March of 2020. And I have no idea what's happening in the outside world because I don't have a phone and they don't, you know, we don't watch TV. We only know what we're told down there. So I had no idea the pandemic was happening. 
and the travel restrictions were being in place and all that craziness. So about like two or three days before it was time to get back on a bus, they gave us a breakdown of the state of the world. And we're basically like, yeah, we're uh, kind of sending you back to what could be the apocalypse. We don't really know. Have fun. You're not in the army anymore. <laughs> so yeah, you know, came home just in time for the lockdown. Um, didn't go anywhere. <laughs> in that time and just over the course of the pandemic i uh, had this um i like to call it a scene from a movie moment of clarity where i uh realized what my new purpose and path in life was and it was to hike the pacific crest trail document the whole thing and write a book about my life experience and you know the trail experience and the lessons i learned from everything yeah. So that's that's the book you're working on. Is your your is is it just about the PCT or is it everything everything leading up to the PCT as well? It is about everything before, during, and I guess here immediately after the PCT. Yeah. All right. And how far are you in this process? I'm hobbling things together that I've written throughout the process and um, still writing more. I'm, I'm hoping to be done with the whole book in about a year's time. Okay. To yeah. Never written a book before. So it's all kind of a learning experience. But. It's just like showing up to the recruiter's office saying, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to do it. Just got to do it. That's you all. Just got to do it. Yeah. How do I get my advanced copy? Uh, sign up for my email list on my website. And, do you have uh, a website? What, what's your website? Uh, well, my website is joshmurphyimaging.com, but that's, I have a tab on there for my, uh, project that this whole thing falls under it's called i'll walk the earth is kind of the uh brand i'm trying to build i hate saying build a brand because it sounds very like new age influencer douchey but i am kind of trying to build a brand around you know traveling and create at the very least creating photo books and writing yeah. and that kind of thing but yeah you can go to josh murphy imaging dot com slash I'll walk the earth and sign up for my email list. And so in terms yeah. of building a brand, I think you need to branch out from having it be a tab on Josh Murphy imaging. It should be, you know, Josh Murphy novelist or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm website. working on that. Okay. All right. Yeah. So but. tell us, tell us how did you end up at, uh, at Campo? Uh, what year did you do it? Did you do it in 2022? Yep, this just got done a little over a month ago now. <laughs> oh, still fresh in your mind. Still nice. fresh in my mind, yeah. Okay. Now, what did you expect? And did the trail live up to your expectations? Uh, the trail far exceeded my expectations. Like having experienced it all, I don't even know what I was expecting because it was just such an insane experience. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it far exceeded anything I thought it would be for sure. Especially the Sierra. I'm like, I keep looking at your background and just being taken right back. Yeah. Those mountains. Yeah. But, for uh, those of you not on YouTube and you're listening to this, uh, my background of course is always evolution. Like one of the, one of the prettiest spots in the Sierras in my opinion. Um, and so what, what date did you start? Long I started story? March 24th. I so love this pretty about, early. I, I love this about PCT hikers. They've got these dates just emblazoned upon their yeah. memory. March 24th, 2022. When, I will never forget. And when did you finish? Uh, September 13th. Okay. So less than six months. 
Yeah, about five and a half. Five and a half take. months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was your favorite part? If you could, if you could distill it down, I mean, it kind of, it kind of, the trail has a distinct personality. I mean, split personalities. I would say there's, it's, it's very different. It's of course, it's a very long trail. Very there's different. Yeah. Very different type of ecosystems. Uh, did you have a particular favorite? Yeah, my the Sierra. The Sierra was definitely my favorite. Um, I because I maybe Washington could have won out if I was able to see the entire state, but uh, did not make it as far as I would have liked to in Washington. But the Sierra is hands down the most incredible place I've ever been and experienced in my life. Yeah, I, I don't even like to say I've the place I've been because you really do ex, you experience something when you're walking through those mountains it's, it's you'd have to be there yeah now when you showed up to campo i mean what was going through your mind had, had you done any kind of overnight long distance backpacking uh, trips before or was this yeah i had done a few uh, hikes in pennsylvania uh, like 40 miles the one was 60 miles so just to give me an idea of what it was going to be like mm-hmm. to uh you know spend multiple days out in the woods uh, I did a solo overnight up in the Adirondacks to prepare as far as like camping wise. I mean, if you're curious about like what I did to train like physically, then I can love to go into that. I'm kind of a nerd about strength and conditioning stuff, but yeah, to prepare for the hike, got out and hiked uh, as much as I could. And when I, what was going through my mind when I got dropped off at Campo was just like, all right, this is it. <laughs> time to go do what you said you were going to do. <laughs> like, I don't know, I just, my, my aunts, I have a family that lives in Irvine and they, uh, they took me down to the terminus and, uh, you know, just watching them drive away. We're like, okay, this is me now. My life's on my back. Let's go to Canada. I thought, I thought for sure you're going to, you're going to use the same phrase you used when, when you got down to uh, Fort Benning, it's go time. Yeah, no, but yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, this is time to do this. You know, it's all this preparation, all this, I don't know, shit talking for lack of a better way to say it. It's just like, yeah, time to put your money where your mouth is, man. Now, just having heard your experience of trying to get into the army and everything that you did to do that, uh, from having to get surgery, having to change, change your jobs to get insurance, to get the surgeries, you know, the, just that whole two-year process. I have to imagine you were pretty committed to doing the PCT as well. You probably took that same frame of mind to that experience. Yeah. So I'm the kind of person that uh, I need a goal to be working towards. I mean, I guess probably most people are by nature, but I mean, for me, it's, it's like a very, it's a very existential thing. Like I need to have a greater purpose than just waking up and going to work. (laughs) You know, I don't, I go stir crazy. Um, I mean, like, for example, once the army fell through and I had no clearly defined greater purpose in this world, I, I was extremely depressed. You know, I was in a very, very bad place because I had no direction of purpose. I didn't know what the hell I was doing with my, with myself. And it's like, you know, I didn't, I did not, I did not come as far as I've come. I did not lose 200 whatever pounds at that point to just succumb to monotony. You know, I, I needed to do something crazy (laughs) in a good way, something epic. And as soon as I had that moment of clarity that the PCT was it, I was in, you know, I was, 
I was going to die on that trail before I was going to quit hands down. Like I didn't care if I ran out of, if I ran out of money and couldn't afford to resupply, I would do whatever the hell I needed to do. If it meant starving to death and dying along the way, then that's how it panned out because I was 100% committed to seeing that through to the best of my abilities. Now, it might sound insane, that, but yeah. yeah well, now, having said that, did you find yourself at any time on the trail saying to yourself, Oh my God, what the hell am I doing out here? This. Oh is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I'm fully committed, but what, what in, in God's name am I doing out here? Yep. A lot in Northern California was, I think, uh, the most that I had that kind of just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, this, I was not enjoying myself for most of Northern California. Um, it's funny, actually, the day two, day two. So um, I, uh, I did like five miles the first day because I started kind of late and I was stopping to take a bunch of photos and like bloggy style videos and the next thing you know it's like sun's getting kind of low and there's this like really flat nice area here um about five miles in make camp here and what 15 miles to lake morena tomorrow no sweat you know i've been training i'm in shape let's fucking do this um never i for the record i'd never set foot in a desert before (laughs) i'd never been to a desert I'd never dealt with like actual ex- like exposure, <laughs> no shade. So, uh, and I uh, didn't know how to use far out properly. <laughs> I just saw that there were water sources. I was like, all right, I've got three liters. I'm good to go until the next water source. And uh, by the time I made it to uh, Hauser Creek, I was in pretty rough shape. Uh, I had found a water cache that was hot to the touch at that point. So uh, I had about four liters all said and done that entire day, but uh, about like a quarter of the way up Hauser Creek, I just sat down and was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm like, I'm just covered in salt already at this point. And I've got maybe two liters at that point left in the day. And I have no idea where the next amount of water is. And I've got to go all the way up this hill. It's, I, I, this was like, I, I did not bargain for this. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I, I came out swinging. Like I thought I was going to start easy doing 15 miles a day. And here I am on day two thinking, what if I have to hit this fucking button? What if it comes to that? Because I just like, you know, and, and like I just said, you know, my whole bravado, like I'm going to die out here if I have to like, oh man, the, the one of the driving factors that like kept me going that day was like, if I hit this button, I'm going to be part of a news story. They get shared in like every Facebook group everywhere. Just every online forum. You're like, I can read the headline now. Dumbass PCT hiker doesn't take enough water through the desert. So I'm like, with that, I'm going to keep moving. You know, there's not much worse than day two doubts. I mean, that, that, that's tough to, that's tough to handle. Yeah. And uh, apparently a lot of people did end up pushing their button that day. Um, come to find out for those of you unfamiliar, Hauser Creek is kind of like the crucible for the PCT. So I've come to come to understand anyway, like that's a lot of people get taken out there and uh, understandably. So it's no joke, even in March, 
Um, it was like 90 degrees that day, which isn't hot for the desert, I guess. But, you know, when you don't have shade, it's a whole other animal. I mean, 90 degrees is hot no matter which way you shake it, I guess. But, you know, the, the lack of shade, it's, it's a completely different animal. If you're thinking about doing the PCT, try to acclimate to heat as much as possible, especially before, if you're from the Northeast. That was before you had your solar umbrella. Long before. Long before. That's yeah. right. Well, you came through the crucible and uh, you're stronger for it. So congratulations on that. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, uh, felt pretty weird for a few days, but I eventually got back, back to it. Okay. So I have an interesting question for you. Long story. What would, what would Northern Terminus long story whisper into the ear of Southern Terminus long story? Any advice you'd have for your, your novice PCT self? Document more. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I did, I guess I, I I did a decent job with photos, um, videos and writing, but I, I always wish I did more, you know, I, even looking back, it's like, man, I, I don't know. There are specific spots that I remember thinking like, no, this would be a really awesome picture right now. If I just set up my tripod and stood here, it's like, but it's getting late and I've got to make certain mileage like, mm. and th- those haunt me, those haunt me to this day. Like I will, you know, almost asleep at night and just think back to, Oh, when I was on Mount Whitney, I could have gotten that one specific shot right before I decided to head back down in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and of course you can always write more, you know, it's yeah. Just document more, document everything as much as you think you need to, and then do it a little more. Nice. Yeah. We, we did the high Sierra trail this past summer and uh, there's a tendency not to take pictures or document when you're not having fun. And so the last, the last day, the last hike, uh, the last hike into, you know, the trailhead and getting picked up, it was like a death March. It was, it was, uh, it was pretty warm. Water was scarce. Uh, wasn't having a whole lot of fun. And my, my high Sierra trail video is incomplete because I went back and I loaded up all the pictures and, and started putting stuff together. And I realized that I had like two pictures from the last day. So oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah document more. That's good. Especially when you're feeling like shit, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, it's so easy to be like, today sucks. I just want to get it over with. Yeah. Just keep moving. But I don't know. Creative discipline is, just as important as any other discipline. That's, that's, that's a little profound right there. That's philosophical. Oh, thank you. And I mean, it's, it's true though. You know, it's like with losing weight, for example, you know, it discipline, you know, it was, it was eating the food, you doing what you're supposed to do, you know, doing what you know, you're supposed to do, eat the foods, you know, you're supposed to eat, uh, do the workouts, you know, you're supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. I know creativity is a muscle in the same way as, you know, your physical muscle, you know, you got to use it or you're going to lose it. And, uh, the more you use it, the stronger you'll get creatively. So yeah, it's easy to just like, it's easy to say, oh man, I've had a long day at work and I want to, I don't want to go for a run or I don't want to go to the gym today. And it's easy to be like, ah, oh, it's been a long shitty day on trail. I don't, I don't want to write tonight. I just want to go to bed or I, I want to, I don't want to stop and take a picture. I just want to get to camp. It's, it's the same thing, you know? you've got to be disciplined across the board and try to remind myself of that every day. That's a, that's another bonus pro tip right there. Nice. Yeah. Nice pro nice tip number three or four, wherever, yeah. wherever we're at with that. 
long story. Have you heard of type two fun? I'm familiar. Yeah. You are familiar. Do you have a, do you have a type two fun story from the PCT? Hmm. Do you have a favorite story you like to share that uh, maybe um, when it was happening, it was, it was not that fun, but uh, you like to talk about it. You know, I, uh, a type two fun story. I, when I was coming out of green Valley, actually, um, you know, we, uh, we hitched into Santa Clarita when hey, we got there the day before. Yeah. We got some where, sushi. I, that, that's where I live. Oh my God. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we hitched into Santa Clarita and, uh, I love the how you say that. that that's fun. great. You and we were every syllable. That's great. Santa Clarita. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so we, I don't know, we were reading some far out comments for like, Hey, we can hitch there and they might have sushi. And they did. And we kind of realized, Oh, this is not a trail town. <laughs> People think we're homeless. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it was so we came back the next day and uh, we start, you know, a climb out of Green Valley is it's not fun. Well, it's type two fun mm -hmm. in, in the purest sense of that, you know, all a little bloated from some sushi, just climbing up this hill. And uh, the words that came to mind were I just out of the blue, you know, I was just dwelling on the type two fun I was having, thinking, man, like this is. I'm just suffering right now. <laughs> this, that's all this is. That's all, of, not all, but that's mostly what a through hike is. And just the words suffer well came to mind. And um, I don't know, that really just kind of, it was like a light bulb moment for me and suffer well. I like spoke to like the person I was like walking with out of the valley. I was just like, these words just came to me in this moment. And this seems pretty profound. And I just want to tell someone <laughs> suffer well like this is kind of my mantra i think from here on out and that yeah so i guess the day i developed my mantra having type two fun is my a good type two fun story from the trail and those words two simple words really did get me through some pretty shitty days pretty shitty times it i don't know climbing up a hill and just think suffer well suffer well through this and it's just kind of all right get back to it and quit feeling sorry for yourself those are two great words that express a, a common sentiment out there. Sometimes, you know, we talk about embrace the suck, suffer. Well, uh, I think I've had a guest on and says that she became very comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. And it's just all leaning into it. Yeah. 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 You know, um, for some people life is suffering, you know, and you can either, uh, let that make you or break you. You know, you can suffer or you can suffer well through whatever is put in front of you. And uh, yeah, it's worth suffering well. <laughs> if it's worth suffering, it's worth suffering well. I like that. Good, good. Hey, Josh, what's uh, what's next for you? What's the next adventure? Any any inclination to do the the hometown, the hometown trail, the AT? Uh, I'm going to be honest. The AT is pretty low on my list of priorities as far as my next adventure is concerned. Nothing against it. I know, you know, the AT kids are die hard. Um, but I want to do something international next. Um, I've recently been toying with this idea. Um, well, when I say toying with, I've, I have a new obsession. <laughs> um, kind of like I had with the military, kind of like I had with the PCT. I, uh, 
had my next light bulb moment. Um, and it sounds insane, but I really am committed to the idea of doing this sometime within the next few years. There are a ton of logistics to work out, but I want to do the, uh, I, it's not even an established trail. So the Continental Divide Trail, you know that? Yes. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> um, that's part of like a larger, like literal continental divide, like the tectonic plates that like collided to form that mountain range, which is kind of stems from the Andes, um, the Canadian Rockies. That kind of starts in Argentina. And I want to walk the length of the... Uh, continental divide of the americas up through south america central america eventually go through you know the continental divide the gdt and uh, end at this specific spot in alaska which is the uh one of the most northern points on this continent yeah so that's what i'm working towards holy smokes how many miles that's, is that um I think 14, 16,000, something like that. Ooh. Yeah. Um, extremely lofty ambition, but uh, and there's a lot to figure out. Yeah. There's a lot of logistics involved in that. And I'm sure I'll do other smaller hikes here and there between then. But as far as what my next objective is, it's that. Yeah, and you, um, you you just published that out into the world. You you've said that out into the ether. I have. People are, people are now saying, long story is going to do uh, Argentina to Alaska on the Continental Divide, and so now there's some added pressure. I mean, you you you, you have to follow through on this, and we uh, back on during the trip and after the trip to talk about uh, how it went. Yeah, yeah, you know, I. There's a lot, I guess there's a lot to figure out with that, but that just know that's what I'm actively working towards at this moment. So okay. starting to learn Spanish. Uh, yeah. So there's no uh, timetable timeline on that yet. Um, uh-huh. Probably be at least a few years okay. before I uh, do that. Hoping to, first of all, I need to get my book finished. That's, mm-hmm. you know, number one priority. And I'd like to gain some sort of sponsorship to do something like that. But even if I just have to work my ass off and save up the money to do it, I'll do, I'll do what I need to do. It's, it's going to happen eventually. Uh, the logistics, they'll get figured out. But Yeah, I, I think there's a certain population of thru-hikers that have a bit of uh, obsessiveness about them. That they really oh, yeah. go, down, they go, they go down a rabbit hole. And uh, I, I, think, I think you fall into that category. And if you can hear my dog yeah, looking in the background, I apologize. Uh, it's all right. All right. Hey, uh, Josh, you know where we are? Um, some segment of the show, the name of which escapes me at this moment. That's correct. The pro tip insight of the week. That's right. right. We're at that time of the episode where you get to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience better. You've done it throughout the episode, but what else do you have for us? I guess the, uh, the major pro tip I could give is, um, I guess this is, this might be a little, you know, subjective coming from my point of view, but, um, document everything as much as you can. You know, I, I meet so many people that are, they say, oh, I wish I took more photos of, you know, even just 
what I was seeing, especially the people you meet along the way, but take more pictures, take more videos, write more. If you, if you're walking along and you even remotely think, Hey, this might be a cool picture. Take that picture. I don't care if it's with your phone. I don't care if it's with a $3,000 camera. Just you'll be happy. You have that memory in the long run. Well said document, document, document. Yes. All right. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with long story. I want to thank them for joining us this week. Long story, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? So I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at ILL underscore walk the earth, all one word. Um, I have a TikTok by the same name that I am kind of terrible at using and updating, but hey, feel free to follow me on there too. Um, you can check out my website, joshmurphyimaging.com slash I'll walk the earth, um, sign up for my newsletter, look out for blog posts, that kind of thing. Um, any major project updates I have will get posted on, you know, probably Instagram, my website. Yeah. Check it. Find me on those places. Okay. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I'll have to hit you up, hit you up on TikTok there, Josh. <laughs> and if you have uh, comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamir at gmail.com. The Adventure Media Recommendation. Josh, I'm also looking you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, website, some kind of uh, media uh, to keep our listeners connected to the outdoors. We call this our adventure media recommendation what do you have for us um well of course my book that doesn't exist yet no but in all seriousness um a book um definitely the pursuit of endurance by jennifer far davis you know that book i can honestly say that book legitimately changed my life you know um yeah i don't know if i would have done the pct if i didn't find that book when i found it the nature in which i did so uh, and, it, and it's just a good read, truly. You know, it's it's inspiring. She's an inspiring person. And there's just a lot of good information in there about, you know, through hiking, ultra running, any, all these endurance-based sports, a lot of good information in that book. Let's pick that up by Jennifer Farr Davis. Shout out to Jennifer Farr Davis. There you go. Who I've never met. But... What have we not asked you? Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there, but uh, Half Cap wants to know, uh, before we wrap things up, we've got one more segment. What have I not asked you that you're dying to tell us about? What, what do we miss tonight? And I know we missed a lot because we just didn't have enough time. And so you, there might be enough out there for a second episode with you, Josh. Yeah. Um, I think something I wanted to bring up, um, the importance of like physically training for a through hike. Um, and I'm talking about like in the gym, now, I don't know, there's there's a lot of schools of thought on this. Um, you go on any old like Facebook post and people will be like, just get in shape on the trail, which I don't think is the best course of action. Um, I saw a lot of people with injured ankles, uh, injured feet, injured knees. And I just wanna I just wanna get this out there. Do if you're training for a long distance trail specifically, um, I think your best bet is to uh, do like heavy squats deadlifts, um, single leg deadlifts, single leg squats, depending on your mobility. And um, don't just think like walking on a Stairmaster or a treadmill, 
is going to give you the same, I don't know, conditioning that you're going to get from hiking on a trail, you know, in, in part of your preparation needs to be actually going, even if it's just walking through the woods in your backyard, depending on where you live, get out and walk with weight on your back over varied terrain, you know, don't rely on like a Stairmaster or a treadmill solely, do what you got to do at the end of the day, you know, everyone's got a available, different availability to different things, but um, yeah, there seems to be some sentiment that indicates you don't need to strength train and I think you really should do that to prevent injury and just make sure you're going to make it through a through hike. Every day is a leg day. Every day is a leg day. 100%. You know, and, and I can honestly say I never, I I had a shin splint once and that was it. You know, I didn't, knees are good. Ankles good. Back's good. You know, that's not always the case with a lot of people. So well, long story there, protect your body. There may be something to what you're saying. If if you if you invested that kind of time in the gym working on your legs and that's all you had out there uh, with what 2,300 plus miles, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, you just gotta uh, protect your frame, you know. What was I saying? We we can certainly hope for that. We can certainly hope for that. Yes. Okay. That is a wrap from the John Frickemere studio. Any, any more shout outs? I mean, we've, we've had a few, but any more shout outs to friends and family, Josh? Uh, yeah, I guess just shout out to everyone that, you know, followed along and uh, shout out to every friend I made along the way out there. If any of you are listening to this, I hope you're doing well. Feel free to reach out if you ever need me for anything. Okay. Thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you're bloated from sushi, hiking up from Green Valley, and just working on suffering well. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck.